Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the very first episode of the Umayyad Caliphate. This is a series about the Umayyad Caliphate presented by the Islamic History Podcast and exclusively for premium subscribers of the Islamic History Podcast. To get this series, you must be subscribed to Islamic History Exclusive either on Patreon or through IslamicHistoryExclusive.com. In this series, we are going to discuss the Umayyad Caliphate from its beginning just after the defeat of Ibn Zubair in the Second Muslim Civil War to its ultimate end and its overthrow by what became the Abbasid Caliphate, inshallah. But before we get into discussing the Umayyad Caliphate, let's first discuss the state of the Muslim world and the state of the Islamic Caliphate thus far. The Islamic Caliphate really begins with Abu Bakr when he became the leader of the Muslim world after Prophet Muhammad wasallam died. Upon becoming the Khalifa of the Muslim world, several tribes who had previously been allied to Prophet Muhammad rebelled against Abu Bakr. Abu Bakr, together with Khalid ibn Walid, the famous Muslim general, defeated the rebels, reuniting most of Arabia under Islam. These wars between Abu Bakr and these rebels were called the Ridda Wars. After they were over, Abu Bakr instructed Khalid ibn Walid to invade Persia. Khalid ibn Walid was successful in his initial invasion of Persia, capturing much of what is now southern Iraq. At around the same time, Abu Bakr also sent another companion named Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah to invade Syria. Abu Ubaidah, however, was not as successful as Khalid ibn Walid had been in Iraq. So Abu Bakr sent Khalid ibn Walid from Persia to assist with the invasion of Syria. Abu Bakr died soon after that, however, after being caliph for about two years. He was succeeded by another famous companion, Omar ibn al-Khattab. Umar dismissed Khalid ibn Walid as the overall general of the Muslim armies. However, Khalid ibn Walid remained a part of the Muslim military force. The invasions into Syria and Persia continued, and as far as Syria is concerned, the Muslims captured all the way up to Anatolia. Over in Persia, the Persian Empire under the Sassanid dynasty was completely destroyed by the Arab by the Arab Muslim armies. So now the Muslims controlled all of Arabia, most of what is now Iraq and much of Iran, and also much of Syria up until the southern borders of Anatolia. Ahmed ibn As, another companion, requested and received permission from the Caliph Omar, Omar ibn Khattab to lead an invasion into Egypt. Amr goes into Egypt and captures Egypt up to Alexandria and establishes the foundation of Fustat, which would later become the city we now know as Cairo. Omar ibn Khattab, after roughly 10 years of rule, Omar was assassinated by a disgruntled Persian slave. Omar was then succeeded by another companion, Othman ibn Affan, 
from the Umayyad clan. The first six years of Uthman's reign were fairly peaceful, but then things started to turn bad in the final six years. The Muslim conquests slowed down, decreasing the influx of wealth into the caliphate and into the Muslim world. With less wealth and less movement, some of the old tribal rivalries began to fester, particularly in the new Muslim cities in Iraq, such as Kufa and Basra. And there was a growing resentment against Uthman ibn Affan, and many people were upset with him for various reasons. Many people accused him of nepotism, some people were upset with him for standardizing the Qur'an, and many people thought the division of wealth in these new Muslim conquests were not being done fairly. But overall, it was just that the Muslim empire had grown too fast, too quickly, and the Muslims had not established or created the proper infrastructure to meet the growing needs of a growing empire. Eventually, however, a group of disgruntled men attacked Uthman ibn Affan in Medina, killing him and, and severely injuring his wife. Many of these people who attacked and killed Uthman also advocated for yet another companion named Ali ibn Abi Talib to become the next caliph. Ali ibn Abi Talib also was Prophet Muhammad wasallam's cousin. However, the death and the killing and the assassination of the caliph by other Muslims made many people turn against Ali, especially since he was being supported by the same people who had killed Uthman ibn Affan. So there were many prominent Muslims who refused to recognize Ali as caliph, particularly Aisha ibn Abi Bakr, who was the prophet's widow, and Muawiyah ibn Abi Sufyan, who was related to Uthman and was also the governor of Syria. Muawiyah, as I mentioned, was Uthman's cousin, therefore he was also from the Umayyad clan. He was suspicious of Ali suddenly being elevated and promoted as the caliph, and he refused to pledge allegiance. Aisha also refused to pledge allegiance, both of them demanding that Ali turn over those people who were responsible for Uthman's death. Ali said he couldn't do that until he had the full support of the empire, and that's where the impasse began. Aisha uh, led a group of people to invade Basra and remove Ali's governor. Ali then responded by taking an army of his own to Basra, and this ultimately led to the Battle of the Camel, the first true battle between Muslims. Ali won the battle. Aisha did survive. However, with this first battle between Muslims, the damage was severely done, and the Muslim world was forever fractured in many different ways. Ali won the battle, but his reputation was also tarnished because he fought the Prophet's wife. Ali f realized that he could not stay in the Hijaz, that is Medina, which had been the capital of the Muslim world since the time of Prophet Muhammad wasallam. So he moved his capital to Kufa, which is in Iraq, and he began to prepare to battle Muawiyah, who was, of course, the governor of Syria. After a series of battles and negotiations and discussions and 
counter-rebellions, Muawiyah ultimately began to gain the upper hand. Unlike Muawiyah, Ali also had to deal with a group of people known as the Khawarij. Muawiyah, as the governor of Syria, held a firm control over Syria. Syria was well-managed. Syria had been under the Roman Empire. They were used to a bureaucracy and a government, and Muawiyah fit in very well. And he was, despite his many flaws, he was a very good administrator. Ali was ruling over rough and tumble Iraq and, and Syria, which had been under the Persian dynasty for so long, and he just did not command the same respect that Muawiyah did. And the area that Ali was ruling over was much more, much more difficult to control, much more difficult to contain. So Ali had to deal with people who felt within his own borders, who felt that he should not have been the leader and that he was actually causing harm to the Muslim world, Muawiyah did not really have to deal with that. So Ali was fighting an enemy within, as well as Muawiyah, his enemy without. In any case, the Khawadij believed that all Muslim leaders of their time had gone astray and they needed to be removed, even if that meant doing it violently. Most of these Khawarij were in Iraq and Persia, so as we mentioned, it was more of a problem for Ali than it was for Muawiyah. After five years of fighting against Ali, a group of Khawarij finally managed, managed to assassinate Ali. With Ali now dead, Muawiyah eventually assumes the caliphate and subdues or makes peace with Ali's remaining supporters. These supporters of Ali were called Shi'iyatu Ali, which in English means the partisans of Ali or the party of Ali. But today we just call them the Sharia or just Shia. They always have believed that Ali or someone from his line, from his lineage, should be the rightful caliph. Anyway, most of them have made peace with Muawiyah, and Muawiyah is ruling over the Muslim world, which is mostly at this point of time parts of North Africa, um, Syria, Iraq, a few parts of southern Anatolia, and all of Arabia, and also Persia as well, and starting to get into Central Asia as well. Muawiyah was a strong and effective ruler, and his administration brought stability back to the caliphate. However, Muawiyah had a few controversies within his, during his reign. First of all, he appointed some brutal governors over Iraq who used very dictatorial, very brutal, very severe means to suffocate any sort of uh, rebellion or resistance against the Umayyad regime. And this angered the Shiites who were often the target of these governors' brutality. Even more controversial was that Muawiyah appointed his son, Yazid ibn Muawiyah, as his successor, which ultimately and effectively turned the caliphate into a monarchy. This was very controversial because up to this time, the caliphate had been either passed on from one person to another highly respected individual, such as when Abu Bakr appointed um, Omar ibn Khattab to, to succeed him, or it had been done by some form of, I don't want to say election, but some sort of, some form of shorter process or 
consultation process, such as how Uthman ibn Affan became the caliphate. Muawiyah thought that establishing a monarchy would bring more stability, but he was completely wrong. It actually brought more problems to the Muslim world. When Muawiyah died, two high-profile companions, Abdullah ibn Zubair and Hussein ibn Ali, refused to recognize his son, Yazid ibn Muawiyah, as the new caliph. Abdullah ibn Zubair, whom we will generally call ibn Zubair, was the son of Zubair ibn al-Awam, and Hussein ibn Ali, of course, was the son of Ali ibn Abi Talib. As we mentioned, the Shiites believed that someone from the lineage of Ali ibn Abi Talib should be the ruler. So when Muawiyah died and they saw Yazid becoming the caliph, the Shiites of Kufa began sending letters to Hussein ibn Ali, who at this time was staying in the Hijaz, promising to support him against the Umayyads in particular and against Yazid ibn Muawiyah uh, specifically. Hussein, as I mentioned, was in Mecca at the time, but he saw all these letters of support saying that they wanted him to take up his father's mantle and reestablish the Ali Caliphate. So Hussein, he took his family and his supporters and he begins a journey from Mecca to Kufa, basically from Western Arabia to Southern Iraq. At the time, Yazid's governor, and remember Yazid is the caliph of the Muslim world after accepting it from his father, Muawiyah, Yazid's governor of Kufa was a man named Obedullah ibn Ziyad, one of those brutal governors I mentioned earlier. Obedullah ibn Ziyad intercepted Hussein's small group with a very large army. Hussein was not traveling with a true army, just members of his family and a few of his uh, closely close friends and associates, sort of like his maula or other families who were attached to his family. But it was a very small group and not a true military force by any means. In any case, this confrontation between this army led by Obedullah ibn Ziyad, who was ruling Kufa, ruling Iraq on behalf of Yazid ibn Muawiyah against Hussein's small group, this ultimately led to the Battle of Karbala, where Hussein and several male members of his family were killed, several of his sons and many of his brothers and other male males, men within his family were killed during this battle. This angered the people of Medina, who were completely devoted to Prophet Muhammad wasallam and his family, and this led the people of Medina to rebel against Yazid ibn Muawiyah. Meanwhile, ibn Zubair, who is the son of a companion, he was also in Mecca, and he was secretly preparing to rebel against Yazid also. With the rebellion going on in Medina, and with rumors of a potential rebellion coming out of Mecca, led by Ibn Zubair, Yazid sent an army to suppress this, all, of, all of his unrest in the Hejaz. This Syrian army sent by Yazid brutally sacked Medina, killed many companions and children of companions. This further tarnished Yazid's reputation. After subduing Medina, the Syrian army sent by Yazid then moved on to Mecca to capture Ibn Zubair. However, they were not able to enter Mecca as easily, and so the Syrian army, le uh, 
laid siege to Mecca, and during this siege and during this battle, the Kaaba was partially damaged. While this siege of Mecca was going on, however, Yazid ibn Muawiyah died in Damascus. Once word gets to, down to Mecca that he is dead, the siege is called off and the army returns to Syria because now they don't know what the new leader will do. Yazid's, Yazid's sickly son, his name was Muawiyah II, became the next caliph. Well, we call him Muawiyah II. His real name was Muawiyah ibn Yazid. But he was a sickly young man and he did not last very long. He died soon afterwards and so now the caliphate is unoccupied. The Umayyad line has been cut short with the death of Yazid and his son in such rapid succession and there is no one to take up the mantle of the caliphate. Ibn Zubair takes advantage of this situation and steps into the vacuum quickly sending his representatives to Medina Egypt and Iraq, hoping to shore up the Muslim world under his leadership while the Umayyads are still trying to figure out what to do. However, Ibn Zubair never really established his authority in Syria, which is where the Umayyads were strongest at because this was where Muawiyah had been the governor for so long and then the caliph for even longer and then his son had followed him. The Umayyads were very strong in Syria and Ibn Zubair never was, was never able to establish any authority in Syria. This oversight by Ibn Zubair gave the Umayyads the, the sliver of hope they needed to plot a comeback. The Umayyads appointed a man named Marwan Ibn al-Hakam, who was Uthman Ibn Affan's former secretary, as their new leader and caliph. Marwan ibn al-Hakam, he reasserted control over Syria and eventually took Egypt from Ibn Zubair. So now the Muslim world is split in two. You have Syria and Egypt on one side up under the Umayyads and then Ibn Zubair on the other side with the Hejaz and Iraq under his command. But as we are going to see, things in Iraq were not that simple. Despite having a governor in, in Iraq, Ibn Zubair did not have much control there. The people in Iraq, after so much turmoil and upending and uprisings and rebellion, the loyalties of the people of, Kuf of Kufa and Iraq are divided between many different factions. You have those who support Ibn Zubair, who is still based in Mecca. You have those who still support the Umayyads, who have ruled there for a long time. And remember, the Umayyads were only able to maintain control by appointing brutal governors over Iraq. Then you have the Shiites, the majority of the people there who still supported Ali ibn Abi Talib, who supported his son, at least vocally supported his son, Hussein ibn Ali, and believed someone, someone from that line should be the leader and not ibn Zubair. And then you had the Kharijites who believed all of these leaders were wrong and needed to be killed and the whole thing needed to be wiped clean. So Ibn Zubair was really only strong in the Hejaz. He had no strength. He had, he had nothing in Syria and Egypt. And his strength and hold in Iraq was fairly weak. So all Ibn Zubair really had was the Hejaz, which included Mecca and Medina. The Shiites of Kufa, as we mentioned, wanted nothing to do with Ibn Zubair. 
on their own, many of them organized into an army to go out and fight the Umayyads. This group of people were called the penitents, and they were upset and angry with themselves for not having supported Hussein ibn Ali during the Battle of Karbala, during the massacre of Karbala, it's probably more appropriate. Anyway, a group of Shiites called the penitents marched out to fight the Umayyads, but they were easily destroyed by the Umayyad army. The surviving penitents from that battle and other Shiites in Kufa as well, they organized under another Shiite, a man named Mukhtar ibn Ubaid. Mukhtar, based in Kufa, Mukhtar leads a rebellion against Ibn Zubair's authority in Iraq. Mukhtar eventually captured Kufa and I believe also Tikrit. Meanwhile, the Umayyads are trying to consolidate themselves and work towards removing Ibn Zubair's power from the Hejaz and from Iraq. But before they can do that, they have to deal with Mukhtar, who still has effective control over Kufa. And with Kufa under his control, Mukhtar orders a purge in Kufa of all of those people responsible for the massacre at Karbala, which led to the deaths of several people. The Umayyad army that had defeated those penitents, those that Shiite army that wanted to get revenge for Hussein ibn Ali's death, that Umayyad army was still on its way. It had been sent out, in fact, to fight Ibn Zubair and take Iraq from Ibn Zubair. The Umayyad army that defeated the penitents, they invade Iraq, but the first time they attack, they are actually defeated by Mukhtar and his Shiites. During this battle, Obaidullah ibn Ziyad, he was the governor who controlled Kufa that led to the, that ordered what became the massacre at Karbala that led to Hussein ibn Ali's death. Obaidullah ibn Ziyad is killed and Mukhtar gains control of Mosul. However, Mukhtar never was, was never able to take Basra. So he controls Mosul, Tikrit, and Kufa, but, never able, but was never able to take Basra. And his, even his control in Kufa was done mostly through force of numbers and fear more than true loyalty. As we mentioned, the people of Kufa were severely divided. Ibn Zubair then sent his brother Musab ibn Zubair to retake Iraq. Musab begins by rallying Mukhtar's opponents in Basra. So Musab gathers those, who, gathers those people who had escaped Mukhtar's purge in Kufa and those who just opposed Mukhtar in general, and they helped Musab defeat Mukhtar and therefore brought Kufa mostly back into Ibn Zubair's control. However, in doing so, Musab ibn Zubair destroyed most of the Shiite army and also alienated many of the Shiites in Iraq. So Mukhtar is defeated. Him and the, his remaining fighters flee to Kufa, where they were eventually killed. So Ibn Zubair now retains control or regains control of Kufa and Basra, ruling it through his governor, ibn, uh, Musab ibn Zubair, but again, most Iraqis aren't really loyal to him. And he's still having a, a major problem with the, with the Khawarij in Iraq and Persia. In addition to the Khawarij in Iraq and Persia, Ibn Zubair is also having problems with the Khawarij in Arabia. 
Meanwhile, the new Umayyad caliph, Abdul Malik, who was the son of Madwan ibn al-Hakam, led another army to invade Iraq. The first one had been defeated by Mukhtar and his Shiites. This new army was going to take Iraq from, from Musab ibn Zubair. The two armies fight, and Abdul Malik defeated Musab ibn Zubair at the Battle of Masakin in 72 AH. This defeat of Musab ibn Zubair effectively gave Abdul Malik and the Umayyads control of Iraq. Abdul Malik then sent his general Hajjaj ibn Yusuf to lay siege to ibn Zubair in Mecca in the same year. Ibn Zubair, severely weakened now, having lost, well, never having Syria in the first place, losing Egypt soon after he had it, losing Kufa to first the Shiites and then to the Umayyads, and only having the Hejaz, not even all of Arabia, Ibn Zubair is severely weakened, and he is eventually defeated and killed by Hajjaj ibn Yusuf and his army. And so the Muslim world is now unified, in name at least, under the Umayyad rule through the new caliph Abdul Malik ibn al-Marwan. And that lays the groundwork from where we are going to start. In the next episode, inshallah, we are going to discuss Abdul Malik's efforts through his governor, Hajjaj ibn Yusuf, to gain control of these rebellious sections of Iraq and Persia and Central Asia, where the Khawadij are just running free. Most of our discussion will be in the eastern provinces of the Muslim Caliphate, that is, Iraq, Iran, what is or what is now Iran, Persia, Central Asia, and even on into Afghanistan. And we'll see how far we get, inshallah. But until next time, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.